Lord. Amen. I appreciate Brother Kyle. He don't know how, how, how much for helping me out last week and everybody that did last week. Uh, I'm doing this tonight by faith. So I'm just going to try to um, uh, take my time and uh, talk about our lesson tonight. We uh, started a lesson that we call the Seven Lies of Satan. And I told you in the beginning that there's a lot more than seven when you talk about lies the devil wants us to believe. Uh, he, uh, the devil is, uh, as we brought out, uh, a liar and the father of lies. That's what the Bible calls him. Uh, it's impossible for him to speak truth. And one of his biggest weapons is deception. And he is deceiving a lot of people in this world today. Uh, to run a little bit over what we have covered, I told you that even though there's a lot more, than, and, and there, we could keep on with this for a long time, but these seven lies that we're talking about are the main ones kind of that form a foundation of <clears throat> the devil's whole deception. The first one we talked about, Satan wants you to believe that there is no God. <clears throat> and... Uh, I was fortunate enough when we put this together to find one of Ronnie's baby pictures. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think the people on the internet. I don't think people on the internet can see this though. So that's. Uh, you got to be here to understand while everybody's laughing. We want to welcome everybody. By means of the internet. Uh, uh, you laughed mighty loud on that, didn't you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Satan wants you to believe that there is no God. The second lie, and we talked about this, Satan wants you to believe that God's word is not true. Uh, the devil don't want you to believe in God, and then number two, he don't want you to believe in his word. And everything he does is molded around that. And the third one that we talked about is Satan wants you to believe there is no consequences of sin. And uh, we've got to know everybody makes their own choices. The Lord does not twist nobody's arm and make anybody to do anything. But the choices that we make have consequences. 
And uh, I've been listening close um, to uh, some of the interviews of uh, school teachers and different different things. And uh, I heard I heard the teacher that was a teacher of uh, the one girl involved in the shooting killing of the singer songwriter. She said that was that was my child in my class, and there were there were times that there were issues that uh, <clears throat> because things was not done, they thought there was no consequences, and that is an issue. If children are brought up to believe. They can do things and get by, and there's no consequences. Uh, they're going to run in trouble with the law, and they're going to run in trouble, most of all, with God one day. And the devil wants us all to believe there is no consequences of sin. But there is consequences of sin, and we talked about that. Tonight, we're going to talk about the fourth lie, and I'm going to, I don't know if we get get them all, the rest of them tonight or not. <clears throat> but number four, Satan wants you to believe that God will make an exception for you. Uh, it's kind of like the old boy driving down the road and he. Uh, sees a sign that says uh, one way and uh, he decides to go that uh, that way but he's going in, in the wrong direction uh, and uh, you know I you know I, I I thought that there would be an exception there or do not turn or whatever um, there's a lot of people think that uh well, you know, the Bible might say something against this, uh, but God will make an exception for this. But I want you to know tonight that God never makes an exception for anybody when it comes to sin. There is no partiality with God. God is not going to allow me to get by with something and then get you for doing it. Amen. Uh, there's no partiality with him. He would never condemn one man and let another slide by for the same sin. In fact, the sin of one man can affect the uh, prosperity of many when they are connected in a bond. A lot of times the things that I do wrong, but not only have... uh, we talk about those consequences. We not only have bad consequences for me, but I can uh, I can connect connect them to somebody else. I want you to notice in the book of Joshua, chapter seven, in verse one, um, the story of a man. Uh, uh, and well, I'll just read Joshua seven and one. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of 
Zebodai and the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burnt against the children of Israel. Now, after Joshua led the people across the Jordan, we all know the story how they marched around Jericho. How many, how many days? Seven. And on the seventh day, they marched how many times? And on the seventh time, they did something different. What did they do? They shouted. And the, what happened then? The walls came down. And God gave them a great victory. Just a little ways down the road was a city by the name of Ai. And they had spies come out and look. And uh, they told Joshua, said, oh, we don't need many men to conquer this place. Just, just give us a few. We'll go down there and we'll knock that out. We'll be back by lunchtime. But God had gave a command, Brother Douglas. When, they, when God blessed them and gave them the victory of, of Jericho, everything in that city was considered a curse by God, and the people was not to touch nothing. Not to touch anything. But Achan, as he was going through Jericho, he said, when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, I coveted them and took them. Nobody around. I'll take these back to my tent. Well, I, I know. I know they said don't nobody touch nothing going through here, but surely, you know, that, that don't mean me. God will make me an exception. Well, he brought judgment on all the Israelites. Because when it come time for the next battle, they lost. They came home with worse than bloody noses. All because there was sin in the camp. Achan had heard the commandment as well as everyone else. But he thought he could slide by. No one would ever know. Nobody's going to know about this. I'll hide this stuff in my tent. Surely an exception would be made for this one time. But his sin brought a curse on everyone else around him. God will not make an exception for your status Listen to me close. God will not make an exception for your status, your calling, or your gifting. In fact, your disobedience will lead to the overall ineffectiveness of whatever ministry or status that you possess. God does not make exceptions for sin. Plain and simple. Now, there's a lot that we could pull out of this, but I'm not going to take the time for, from what I'm trying to uh, say here tonight. 
what I just want to drive home on this is do not listen to the devil's lie that God will make an exception for you. You know. All right, the fifth one. Satan wants you to believe that God is not fair. I have heard that a lot. Down through the years. This is where Satan uses the spirit and get this. Satan uses the spirit of jealousy, envy, and pride to scrutinize the way God works and finds fault. Amen. And the devil's going to do everything he can do to make you think God is not fair. But what it boils down to when you begin to dissect the thing, I'm carrying around a spirit of jealousy, I'm carrying around a spirit of envy and pride. And... I, I find myself, the creature, trying to scrutinize the one who created me. Now, there's a story, a parable in the book of Matthew. It's not on the screen. In Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. And I want to read through this story kind of quickly. Those of you at home can turn, open your Bibles. For the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. And they went their way, and again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here idle all day? He said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also unto the vineyard, and whatever is right that ye shall receive. So when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last to the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured, against the goodman of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and I made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heated the day. And he, uh, but he answered, one of them said, Friend, I, I do thee no wrong. Dost thou agree with, didn't you grieve me for a penny? Take that as thine, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil because I'm good? So the, uh, so the last shall be first and the first last. For many are called, few are chosen. That's a perfect uh, example in this parable that Jesus spoke. 
Uh, and uh, here's what we got to realize. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When it comes to that time for judgment day, there's going to be people that's just going to come in just under the war. By, as, as the saying goes, by the hair, they're chinny, chin, chin. And then there's going to be others that spent their whole life battling and, and fighting. Uh, but uh, God is going to give every man the reward as, 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 um, as, as it sees fit unto him and pleasing unto, unto him. Um, and when we begin to look at some of these other issues, we can see that there is a spirit of jealousy, envy, pride, and all these things uh, uh, as we, people use to try to find uh, fault with God. Uh, so Satan wants us to believe that God is not fair, but what it is, our ways and his ways are not the same. And his thoughts are different than our thoughts. Amen. Now let's move on. I'm going to try to get these next two tonight. Satan wants you to believe that there are many ways to God. Now that right there is a big one. That's a big one right there. The, uh, and we hear a lot of that today. And uh, I'm, I'm sorry... Um, what is that one? Oh, yeah. Oprah. Um, that there are the statements she has made that there are many ways to find God. Well, let's see what the, uh, what the Word has to say about this. The gospel of Jesus Christ um, is not inclusive to all forms of religion and faith. It's not a one-size-fits-all. The gospel of Jesus is set apart from all of the forms of belief and ideologies of men. Satan is working overtime getting people to believe that there are many ways to God. He desires you to believe there are many ways. But there's only one gospel and one way to get to heaven, and that is through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen to that? Notice what Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 and 9 says. Paul told the Galatians, he said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you from the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. For as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you, 
then what you have received, let him be accursed. Folks, they are not <coughs> many ways to God. There's, uh, there's, there's not where you can go this way, down that path, or this path. I want to also take you to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, Apostle Paul doing the talking, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who's above all and through all and in you all. The devil wants folks to believe that there's more than one way, more than one gospel. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're going to end this up tonight, the Sabbath one. But Satan wants you to believe the power of God is not real today. There is a lot of people who the devil's got tricked and bewitched. And they say, well, you know, miracles at one time did happen. But that was in the Bible days, and God don't do stuff like that anymore. Anybody else that heard stuff like that beside me? But Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now to me, I don't know what that is to you, but to me, that if God ever did do it, he still can do it. Hallelujah. Now, I want to give you the scripture that people use, this is a scripture that people use when they say that miracles ended in, uh, when the apostles died. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10 says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. I was talking with a man years ago about the nine gifts. One of them being the gift of knowledge. And he said, oh, he said, yeah, they had that in the early church, all that stuff, but that's over with now. It's long gone. It died when the apostle, last apostle died, John. I said, so you telling me, you telling me that knowledge has vanished away? Yes, sir. I said, how in the world did you figure out how to get to work today? 
His head went back and his eyes open. He said, what do you mean? I said, you had to have knowledge to know how to get here today. To get over to that time clock to clock in. I said, you're not reading all of it. What do you mean I'm not reading all of it? I said, well, look at verse 9. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, I said, the only perfect thing I know is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's not come yet. Hallelujah. When Jesus comes, guess what? I'm going to be without a job. I had a a song, gospel song uh, singer one time. He he was over the old church years ago, and he he said, he said, preacher, he said, you know what? He said, I'm going to be singing all through eternity, but when Jesus comes, you're going to be without a job. You're going to be in an unemployment line. I said, you know what? You got a point there. But that which is perfect ain't come yet. We know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that, then, all of a sudden, there, was, there will not be no need of gifts of the Spirit then. There will be no need of the power of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. We won't need none of that no more. We won't need preaching no more. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we was in 13, but jump down to verse 12 and 13. For now we see through a mirror dimly, but then face to face. The original King James says we see through a glass. Glass means a mirror. But then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know just also as I am known. Uh, We don't know everything right now. We can't understand everything right now. But the perfect that's going to come is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to understand. I like that old song. Well, we'll understand it better by and by. Well, by and by, Lord, when the morning comes. Amen. Hallelujah. It's going to be a glorious time. Praise God. Here's the fact, and this is the last scripture we're going to use, and we're going to close our lesson. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. God put all that in the church, and you can't show me where it was ever taken out. The devil wants you to believe that the power of God is not real. I've witnessed it, folks. I've seen it. I have seen a girl, a child, with one leg shorter than the other, coming in with a build-up on the sole of the shoe. I mean, a tall because one leg is so short. (coughs) And they placed her in one chair, picked up her 
our feet and legs and put it on a, on a chair facing her. And they begin to pray and, and, and call upon the name of the Lord. And you could see that one come out. God can do it. And he still does it. Where we lack is a lack of faith. The power of God is real today. It's strong as it ever has been. Where the limitations come in is me and you. We've got, we've got to have faith. <laughs> like one man told a fellow one time, I just don't believe in that stuff. He said, well, don't worry. He said, what do you mean don't worry? He said, if you don't believe, it ain't going to happen to you. And that's truth. You've got to have the faith. Let's stand together tonight. The Word of God is filled with all kind of lies that the devil wants to trick people with and get people to believe. But I'm going to stand on the Word of God. What about you? <coughs> I'm going to trust His Word. And like I said earlier, I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. But I know Jesus, and I trust Him. And uh, that's all it takes. Let's bow our heads and thank God for the service tonight. Father, we come this evening. We thank you and we praise you for the service. Thank you for your goodness, those that come tonight. Pray your blessings upon each and every one. Keep everybody safe as they travel on the highway. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name that the church say. God bless you. We love you in the Lord. Hallelujah.